Pittsburgh Steeler fans. It is time for my turn to take a spin at this Christmas story special that Behind the Steel Curtain has been putting on each and every day leading up to Christmas here. My name, of course, is Michael Beck, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, bringing it to you today, um, sharing our Christmas stories. Uh, there's a few ways that I thought about going about this, and I I have a Steelers memory for you that, I don't know, is pretty close to my heart, and then uh, some, some other stories that kind of kind of go in the same kind of uh, vein as uh, the ones that went before me um, during doing this uh, fun little exercise. The first one of which isn't really the most fun story, but it does have more of a happier ending, which is one of those stories that I, I suppose you get a little more often this time of year. So getting right into it, the year was 2016. My parents had just separated. It was just before Christmas time. Um, my football career was winding down to an end after uh, the first of what would be a couple uh, pretty major shoulder injuries that required surgery. Um, just some other factors in my life. It, it really was not the most happy of times, especially in my household. So when the Steelers were playing the Baltimore Ravens on Christmas Day, a lot of things were different. Gone was that traditional family dinner that was the first time in my life that really didn't happen because of obviously all, all the circumstances that were going on at home. Um, instead, that year we went over to a friend's house and oddly enough, it, it was kind of a dinner kind of filled with argument and not really one of those kind of pleasant memories. However, when it kind of came to the game, when the Steelers were taking on the Ravens, basically... If you don't recall that that Christmas Day game, the Steelers and Ravens were pretty much playing for the AFC North. Whoever won that game, the Steelers did have a lead going into the game, uh, uh, record-wise, I should say. But winning that game was a well, in the division. It's a two-point swing. One team picks up a win, another picks up a loss. In the Steelers' case, if they were to have, uh, lose that game, then Baltimore would be kind of in the driver's seat to win that AFC North. The Steelers, of course, if they won the game, it, they locked up the division that day. Um, this game was... If you, I'm sure we all recall it. Anyone that's hardcore fans, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that 2016 Christmas game uh, was the introduction of the color rush jersey for the Steelers. Um, the Killer Bees were kind of right in their their peak of their prime. Uh, this team was uh, kind of cruising along through the season, which would eventually end uh, in the team losing in the AFC Championship game. But for this game, the Steelers and Ravens really went back and forth. It, it was a a game that I can really remember out standing performances from uh, Le'Veon Bell, most specifically. Um, he, he having some uh, outstanding kind of jump cuts and uh, running guys over in stiff arms like he did back in his heyday while he was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, as this game kind of went on and Baltimore clawed their way back and eventually Kyle Juszczyk uh, plunged in the end zone for Baltimore to take the lead, it was one of those things where I kind of felt to myself that Great. Here we go again. This is just another kind of lame thing that is going to happen this year in Christmas, and just a, another another thing to pile on to my uh, my kind of woes at the time. I, I suppose uh, you could put it. So 
as the Steelers that kind of lined up to go through their next drive, it was one of those things where I, I really couldn't want anything more that year for Christmas than for the Steelers to pull off uh, basically a miracle-type drive to uh, win the game and win the division. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, the Steelers were able to drive the field. Uh, I, I recall e- Eli Rogers making an outstanding grab. I believe his uh, third and long. He climbed the ladder and pulled down one of those insane plays, uh, picking up the first down, keeping the Steelers drive alive. They were quickly. They quickly ran out of timeouts. They got down inside the Ravens' ten-yard line, and then the play that that is simply remembered as the immaculate extension um a play on uh, obviously franco harris's immaculate reception that happened about 40 years prior to this play happening but antonio brown catches a slant and really his determination to reach that ball across the goal line to propel the steelers to victory and winning the afc north basically on that play it, it was one of the things that kind of gave me the the will and the that kind of indomitable spirit to kind of push through this kind of lame time in my life. And it was one of those things that I'm not sure if I ever cheered harder for a Steelers touchdown before in my life. That was uh, that was one of those plays that will stick with me forever. And we all know what happened to, with Antonio Brown and the Steelers as time went on, but. That play specifically, uh, that 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 one will stand out in my heart forever, and, and I will always be. Well, I'll always have a special place in my heart for Antonio Brown for making that play, uh, reaching that ball across the goal line, and really it, kind of uh, starting my my path back to finding finding myself and finding my happiness. Um, and it was just one of those plays that. It's one of those like once in a lifetime type plays almost. It, it it's something that is hard to almost describe. But the feeling that I got from that play was one of those memories that will stick with me the rest of my life. I've witnessed the Steelers win multiple Super Bowls. I've seen them drive the field and throw it to the corner of the end zone to Antonio Holmes to win the Super Bowl, and that was an outstanding feeling. But Antonio Brown catching that ball, getting stuffed by three guys at the goal line, shrugging them off, and putting the ball into the end zone to win the game, that is something that will stick with me forever. And through thick and thin, I think that is a play that I'm going to remember the rest of my life. That was a special moment. That was a special play. Uh, I I remember immediately after the the game uh, ended uh, and after my uh, my little celebration and all that AFC North uh, championship merch came out, no matter all the the great things I, I might have received on Christmas morning, I, I don't even know what I got that year, but I, I just remember all, all the AFC North uh, championship gear merch dropping and just buying it all. And uh, I, just, I still have that hold down the North shirt to this day. Um, in fact, I'm wearing it right now as, uh, as a kind of an ode to that play and uh, how special it was to me. So for that, Antonio Brown, I will always say thank you. Um, we know uh, it ended on sour terms, but that play was a very special one to me. Uh, Kind of just moving forward in uh, in this exercise, back on the same lines of how everyone else kind of did it, sharing some Christmas memories. One of the things I often recall about Christmas morning and uh, about just what my family would do, and especially when I was a child, um, they would uh, they'd make me stay in bed no matter how excited I was. I'd pr- I probably got up at f- like five in the morning every day as a child, just just out of sheer excitement uh, for Christmas morning. 
but uh, I I always remember trying to get out of my be- get out of bed and my parents yelling at me and saying you you can't leave your room until at least eight in the morning. And as a kid, that's overly excited. And five o'clock in the morning, if that's the time that I was getting up, of course I was probably uh, tossing and turning. And uh, those three hours felt like three years, really, at, at, for a little kid, especially on Christmas morning, hoping that that certain toy they really wanted uh, was under the tree for them. And it's one of those memories that definitely stick out in my mind because I remember one year my parents eventually getting so fed up with that. They got me a clock that had a, a little analog light that shot the, the time onto the roof of the ceiling. Instead of just reading the, the face of the clock and seeing what time it was, uh, you would just look up at the ceiling and it would say what time it was right there on your roof. Um, so I often recall Christmas morning laying there Watching the, the the time tick away uh, until I was finally allowed to go downstairs and r- rip open some packages and ho- hoping uh, hoping that uh, exactly uh, the latest toy that I'm sure every kid wanted at the time it was uh, sitting there waiting for me. But uh, I often recall those situations uh, each and every Christmas morning uh, when time really just felt like it stood still. Uh, another thing that uh, we would do in my household is on Christmas Eve, we'd go over to my grandparents' house. Um, my, my family is of uh, Italian heritage, and we'd always kind of do like a more traditional Italian-style Christmas dinner on Christmas Eve uh, with my mom's side. Now, my parent, or grandparents, I should say, on that side, uh, would want me to open their uh, gifts to me on Christmas Eve in front of them so they could see the reaction uh, as opposed to the next morning uh, just being with my family, uh, my parents, I should say, uh, just doing our own thing at our place. Uh, we lived about 30 minutes away, and they didn't—they uh, weren't uh, ones that were to drive uh, very often, and uh, so that's kind of where the, the Christmas Eve uh, thing kind of stemmed from. Now, again, m- my family, I think, in a way, loved to torture me uh, when it came to opening presents as me being this super ambitious, let's do it right now kid that I'm sure most kids are like but uh i often recall uh those christmas eves where we'd have this massive dinner and uh the second we're done wanting being like all right let's open presents now and everyone being like no no we're gonna talk and drink coffee and just do our own thing for a while just uh, just hold your horses mike uh, we'll get there at some point and Again, those hours felt like they were to drag on and on and on until eventually the time and we'd go and open presents. But it usually seemed like most often my dad would eat a ton and then he'd end up falling asleep on the couch and we'd have to wait for him to wake up before we could uh, open anything under the tree. So it was one of those things that were me as a kid in Christmas, it felt like there's a whole lot of waiting going on and uh, that's probably where I learned to to handle stress the most when it came to the Steelers because how how often times there's a couple minutes left and the Steelers are only up three points and the opposition has the ball and it, it feels like the, there's just forever left on the clock. That's how I felt every Christmas. And it was more than just a one-day affair as well. It, it seemed like most most of the time between Christmas Eve and uh, opening presents on Christmas morning, it was just waiting for the, the next thing to happen, which always felt like it, it just it dragged on and on and on and on. Uh, but uh, eventually, uh, I suppose we all got there. Um, 
so with that in mind, that's uh, those are my kind of uh, Christmas memories, if you will, for uh, the past couple of years. Of course, uh, the Steelers being a big part of that, and that uh, two-year stretch where the Steelers played on Christmas Day, um, as much as I know the players didn't like doing that, but it, it definitely, to me, it was kind of a, an enjoyable experience to be able to watch my favorite team, and uh, just a really good way to uh, for me to have some sort of an outlet um, and be able to kind of uh, step away from everything that was going on in my life and just kind of enjoy Pittsburgh Steelers football, which has been uh, has been that way for a long time with me and this team, uh, just being able to enjoy them. And uh, I'll, I'll always hold that memory near and dear to my heart. So I thank you for listening to this uh, edition of our Christmas stories. Uh, my name is Michael Beck. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael Beck 56. Uh, the the five, six, uh, if, if you were ever wondering, that number came from uh, my college football number. It has just stuck with me uh, ever since then. Um, so with everything in mind, make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, we're going to have great content coming out for the rest of the season and into the offseason, as we always do. Hopefully hopefully the Steelers can go on a nice little run here. It would be a, a nice Christmas gift to say the, the very least if they're uh, able to knock off the Bengals on Monday night. Uh, I, I'm really excited to see what this team can do, and hopefully they can right the ship and bring home a seventh Lombardi to Pittsburgh. So as, uh, as I wind out here, I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays uh, to each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being such great listeners and being the best fans on planet Earth. Steelers Nation, we love you, and we are excited to work more and see you guys more in the new year. So once again, thank you very much, and have a very Merry Christmas. 